It is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan, smiling ear to ear because I'm wearing a Yankees lid this morning. And I want to start with this, T. Plouffe. Uh, I saw you on Talking Baseball the other day. There was an interesting clip that was put out. Uh, you and Jimmy and Jake, you reconvened for the first time since Thanksgiving. And you had this little discussion. I did play some recreational baseball. I took second place in an over-the-line tournament at my alma mater, Crespi High. I brought along James Loney and Steve Sapp, two former players, and we got second place to a dad and two of his kids. One was a student there at Crespi, and then there was uh, another guy who had graduated in, in 2017, I believe. Older dad. Dad smoked me in the chest on one. So do you know why that caught my ear? Please tell me. Well, I don't know. First of all, I want to put up a little picture here, Dan. Are these the people that smoked you in the chest and beat you? Yeah. Where'd you get that picture? That is Mo, Caleb, and Khalil Shulman, <laughs> who are good friends of mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yep. baby. Those are my arch enemies right now. Yeah. So Mo took it to you, huh? Dude, uh, you know... I loved every second of it because we kind of breezed through our round and James and I had some time before the championship, James, Steve, and, and I. Uh, and then when we came back, we saw this group and I was like, okay, like they're, they're taking it pretty seriously. And then I started to think back all these tournaments I used to go with my dad and my older brother. And I was like, man, this really reminds me of us. And they just took it to us. They know how to play the game. And it's yeah. part of this over-the-line tournament. And uh, so I wasn't too upset for a couple of reasons. One, I played really well. And two, these guys, like, it just reminded me of my dad and my brother. So, yeah. yeah they're Tell them good congrats. I've I mean, known, yeah. yeah, I've known Mo forever. We used to coach, you know, I coached in Encino Little League. He was the guy over at Sherman Oaks. And so we would always battle. And for years and years, their horn Frogs were always better than our Encino, whatever we were named at the time. And then finally in the 12U year, we broke through and we beat them and we ended up, you know, winning the whole thing and moving on in the district and et cetera. Uh, and now his, his stepson, Tyler, has been good friends with Brady. They've gone to school forever and they've continued on now in high school and they're high school teammates. And it's kind of cool. So that's now awesome. he'll one up you and he'll always be smiling. So that's kind of cool <laughs> for them. But let's get to the big news of the day, if you don't mind, in the major leagues. Jeff Pass and our buddy over at ESPN reported yesterday that the Yankees have offered Aaron Judge eight years for 300 mil. It's a nice, juicy number. Do you think that's the one he lands on eventually? I don't. Uh, you know, I like the number. I think it's it, it does what it needs to do. Now, Judge is in the position now where he needs to set the AAV record. That's the bottom line. And this does that. Which this would be, by the way. Yes, it does that. But... You know, I think right now, I, I do think he goes back to the Yankees, but I'm guessing that Judge is looking at that contract, putting in a bunch of little details that he wants, and I bet you it comes in a little bit north of that. Uh, just because mm -hmm. he's got so much leverage, dude. And if they want to get this thing done and, and focus on the rest of their offseason, I think they're kind of they're gonna give in and move a little bit more. I think it ends up being just shy north of that. Um, but I think something around there does get it done. I think he wants to stay there too. Yeah, I really too. do. I, you know, there is something he grew up less than a hundred miles from San Francisco. And so there could be that lore, you know, the giants were his team growing up. The problem is when you look at the two situations, they're not even, I mean, the Yankees every year 
are in the playoffs, basically. The Giants, I get it. They won in 10, 12, 14. They won 107 games or whatever it was a couple of years ago. But you look at the organizations and where they are right now, there's no guarantee that even if you put Aaron Judge on the Giants that they don't finish higher than third in that division next year, unless they make some other major moves. And to me, I suppose that is the misstep of the Giants. And the the question I've got for Farhan Zaidi, like wouldn't you have gone out and gotten some players and said, if you really wanted Aaron Judge, said, hey, listen, these are the moves that we are making so that we can now bring you in and you are the big-time icing on this cake that we're building by the Bay. We, we talked about that. I, I, I said before, like these other teams are going to have to prove long-term to Aaron Judge that they're going to be a competitive roster throughout his career. The Yankees, you know, they have to do that too, but, you know, they hold a little bit of equity with him because obviously he grew up there. And I, I keep going back to this Michael K quote, and like it, it rings it, it, for me and possibly to Judge too, like, do you want to be like Derek Jeter? I mean, like a lifetime Yankee is, is something, man. And I know he already has established himself as one of the Yankee greats, but if you continue and figure and finish your career there, I mean, now we're talking about a completely different level. So I think, um, I think the Yankees, like I said, do get it done. And, and you're right. If the giants went out and made some moves, almost like, Oh, sorry. This quote was from Jack Curry, not from Michael K. I'm sorry. Uh, if they would have went out and done some moves like the Angels have made, like quick lightning moves at the beginning of the offseason, maybe that would have helped them out. Uh, but I agree with your take that they haven't done enough, in my opinion, to prove to him they're ready to be in the playoffs year in and year out in that division. You know, it's an interesting quote from Jack Curry, and I certainly understand it. These are different situations. Derek Jeter had won four rings by the time he could have become a free agent. Like every legendary Yankee had something that Aaron Judge doesn't. Aaron Judge has not played in a World Series. So I do wonder this, that if he does end up signing an extension, whether it's for eight years or more, and he never gets to the promised land, he won't ever be in the same circle as a Derek Jeter and the rest of those guys. He could continue to have amazing individual seasons. And I expect him to. I don't expect him to maybe hit 62 homers every year, but I expect him to be great as long as he's healthy. But you're not going to be, I guarantee you. I mean, why else would they boo guys when they end up getting swept in the ALCS? Because that's not good enough. And I'm not I'm not saying that the Yankee fans shouldn't. They should expect something different because they're the New York Yankees. But man, oh man, if he, could you imagine if he ends up playing 15 years in the Bronx and never wins a World Series? He'll be one of the greatest, but. And that's not <laughs> something you want to have hanging around your head. Do they say that about Don Mattingly? I mean, I feel like he's widely considered one of the Yankee greats and a fan favorite. I mean, I feel like he's on that same par or on that same level already. And you're right. If he gets some rings, it's different. But I, I don't I don't know if that's the case. He's got 62 in the bag in pinstripes. Like there are some things the judge has that no other there Yankee are. has. I think Mattingly's a good comparison. I don't think it's great because the Yankees hit the shitter in the late 80s. I mean, they were just not, they weren't a good franchise. Here, Aaron, when, when has Aaron Judge been a part of a team that sucked? I, I would say that last year without Aaron Judge, the Yankees might have sucked. How about that? It's possible. Very possible. Like he and carried there was one, them in the second half. There's no doubt yeah, about and there that. Were, there was one season where I don't think they made the playoffs, but I think they won like 84 games or whatever. So, um, you know, that I think that was the year... I don't even remember what year it was, but you understand my point here yeah. is that there's going to be, if he, 
it was his call up here in 2016. He had 84 bats. Great. He doesn't count. He wasn't Aaron Judge then. He was the guy that was struggling and he hit under 200. He wrote the number on his shoes just to remind himself how bad he was that first time around. I get it. Thank you, Dan Rourke, for all the information. It'll be fascinating. Yes or no? Does this deal get done by the end of the winter meetings? Oh, shoot. So that's what, next a week from today? Um, I doubt it. It's close. I, everyone hmm. says it's close, but I don't know, man. I feel like these things tend to take some time. Okay. We'll see. Uh, I am hoping it does. I love when big news breaks down when Me we're too. all together. It yes. certainly could. It certainly could because obviously they've been working on this already for quite some time, but it just seems to me like when we get to this point where eight for 300 seems like a number that we can work with, now it's all about the little details, and sometimes I feel like that those that redlining back and forth takes a little bit of time. Uh, Jeff Passan has been a, a busy boy. He is this time of year. He's also reporting that the Twins are making, quote, a strong push to keep Carlos Correa uh, many believe it would take at least $250 million to bring back the shortstop on a free agent deal. Of course, he opted out of his three-year contract that he signed with Minnesota a season ago. In your opinion, does it make sense for a team like this to pour all of its financial resources, or at least a heavy portion, into one player? A couple things. Number one, Jeff Passan, not a busy boy, a busy man. He is a man. Okay, so just Sorry. give him Sorry, some Jeff. respect. Yeah, my bad. Uh, number two, I kind of want to go uh, on a little different route with this one. Now, do, do I think it makes the most sense for them to go out and spend this money on Carlos Correa and not like kind of supplement the rest of the roster? To, uh, honestly, in my opinion, no. But I think the Twins view him as like a franchise changer. They've never brought in a free agent like this for this long a time and this amount of money that it's going to take to bring him there. But as we mentioned, I believe on the AMP portion on Tuesday's show, we got a new guy, Joe Polad, running things. You got Derek and Thad kind of like they got to do something big because their whole like tenure, they haven't really brought what they wanted to bring. They've been close. Uh, so I think they, they're they very much interested. I spoke to a few people in the Twins organization, and they said this interest is real. There's There's been deals sent. And I think we have to start thinking about how, how this could be done. And for the Twins, to me, it makes sense – Structuring the contract similar to how they got him there in the first place. You know, let's let's front load this high AAV, have some player opt-outs, kind of uh, tailor it down towards the end of the contract. And Correa seems to be interested in going back. So, I mean, look, it takes two to tango. I think both parties are interested, but Carlos is going to see what else is out there because similar to the judge in San Francisco situation, the twins got to convince him that they're going to be playoff contenders year in and year out. This guy has had the taste, man. Like being with the Astros, he has the taste for the playoffs. So he wants that wherever he ends up, he's going to have to have it explained to him. We're going to be in the playoffs. So I think it can get done. I'm, I'm not going to say they're the front runners for him, but they're certainly in the running, Chris. Uh, I look at this with a quizzical eye. I do the the highest payroll the Twins have ever had. I believe is 132 million. Um, and let's remember now they've gotten close contract wise to a 200 million dollar deal. They gave Joe Maurer that eight year 184 million dollar extension when he was 24. But also, you know, it's I I love Carlos Correa like the ball player. First of all, I think he is an amazing defensive shortstop. I don't think we talk enough about his defense. I love the way he throws the ball. It's so different. I mean, laser every time. 
But is he is he a two hundred fifty million dollar player? I mean, are we so sure about that? I think he is. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Do. do you know how many top five finishes he's had in the MVP boat? I don't care about that at all, Chris. Well, why don't you care about that? What does that What does that have to do with anything? You, you look at the numbers. Look at what he brings. And again, it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder, man. The Twins think this guy can be a franchise changing player, set the tone in the organization, and to that and to them didn't change that, it last year. I think it did. I think if you talk to people really? around the Twins organization, it changed some of the culture there. Yes, I do. Okay, I'm not so saying maybe- they didn't. They didn't win the World Series, Chris. It doesn't. That being a franchise changing player doesn't mean that you're going to go and bring this team to the pl- the promised land because look, we know that baseball is not that kind of sport, but it does signal to your team, your fan base, the rest of the league, like, hey, we're we're going to be heavy players. The pole ads are are very rich, one of the richest very. owners in all of baseball. Like, they can do this; they can operate the team like this if they want to. Um, I, I I just I don't equate franchise changing to having to have a world series title now that's the goal obviously and you want that to happen and sure as hell they didn't the twins, win anything last year i'm not talking I, about the world series yeah but but it's not not because carlos correa was some horrible player dude like they he they wasn't need, horrible but he wasn't great either they they need to operate they need to supplement the roster around him 100 mm-hmm. but again like i just think he changes the culture of the Minnesota twins. It gives them an edge. It gives them in their eyes, a chance to go out and beat the Yankees or win a fucking playoff game. It does. Mm. Yeah. That's another, that's a whole nother topic about their, their playoff issues they've had over the last two decades. Um, I am actually a Carlos Correa fan watching him on the field. And I only bring that up about whether or not I want to make sure that he's a $250 million player only because of the team he would be re-signing with. Right, because they don't have a huge history of spending goo gobs of money. They just don't. And we know that the poll ads for years, when the old man was running the team, he said, Listen, whatever I bring into this organization is what I'll put out money wise. It wasn't like I'm going to spend from one of my other businesses to make the twins more competitive. That just wasn't his thought process. And you have to respect that. He's the owner of the team. With the young gun now in charge, I'll see if, if that changes the philosophy. With the Twins, I don't think they're going to be the type of team that if they re-sign Correa at a 250 or whatever it takes, then we're going to bring in Carlos Rodon for $120 million on top of that, and this guy for another $80 million. I don't think that's the way they're going to go. They do have a top six or seven farm system right now. They're headed by Brooks Lee, a kid they drafted a year ago. So they do have some guys that could grow up and help supplement that talent gap uh, between them and some of the contenders in the American League. Yes, caller. The Polads are also, I believe, principal owners of the Minnesota Loon, which is an MLS franchise. Uh, they've made some money on that. Like they, they can do this if they want to. And, I know and, they can, but you know, I just, you know I just, what I'm talking about with Carl Polad when he was in charge. He always said, I'm not going to dip into the resources of my other businesses to help the Minnesota Twins. He came out and said that. He's not in charge anymore, bro. He's this two generations removed from him. I know, but I'm just telling you sometimes the philosophy is tough to break. Okay. Don't be don't be hating on my twins, bro. I'm not hating on them. I am I'm but it's our job to question people when they do that. Uh, today's show sponsored by Better Help Therapy Online. You have heard me talk for years and years 
uh, about the importance of therapy. It's something that I've been in and out of since I was a little kid. There wasn't a certain traumatic experience that led me there. My parents always felt like it was important to have somebody outside of the family, uh, to have somebody bounce ideas off of and thoughts and questions and concerns. And if you are struggling with anything, if you have had a traumatic experience in your life, if you're having a tough time with your profession, if you're having a tough time with personal relationships, with friends, families, uh, somebody special outside of there, it is time to go get help. Uh, I think that probably 15, 20 years ago, when you raised your hand and said, I need help, people would eye roll you and say, really? that That's weak. That's not the way it is anymore. To me, it is a sign of strength out there. And this is an easy way to go get help. It is online therapy. These are uh, licensed professionals who are fully 100% vetted. So they will match you up with somebody. If you have a session and you don't click and you don't bond, it's okay. No hard feelings. They will match you up with somebody and you will find that that relationship because that is the most important uh, relationship that you could end up having because you want to get pointed in the right direction. And now is the time, really. Um, sometimes, you know, we celebrate a lot during the holiday season. We just had Thanksgiving. Um, the big time holidays are right around the corner. This can be a really lonely and difficult time for some of you out there. So if you need somebody to talk to, go to betterhelp.com slash baseball today. You will save 10% on your first month. That is betterhelp.com slash baseball today to save 10% on your first month. We wish you luck. If you need some help, go get it today. We continue on with the show and the New York Mets. Um, Certainly, they've been doing their due diligence on the starting pitching market. Uh, they've discussed bringing back Jacob deGrom, obviously, who opted out of his deal. They've had a Zoom meeting with Justin Verlander, who's a free agent. They have apparently had talks with Carlos Rodon, most recently in the San Francisco Giants. Which of those three would make the most sense? I think bringing deGrom back makes the most sense. It seems like the right fit, but any of those guys... Um, would be perfect for their rotation. So I think they're doing the right thing by going out and assessing the situation, seeing what's going on. You know, this is the dance I've been talking about. You know, DeGrom's going to talk to some other teams. They're going to talk to some other teams. But ultimately, I, I believe DeGrom ends up back there on somewhat of a short deal with the high AAV. We've been calling it for it for, for a lot. And I think JV and DeGrom will have similar type, you know, numbers attached to them. And then Rodon maybe has a little bit longer deal, a little slightly less AAV, but all these guys are incredible pitchers and they don't fit on that team. I, I, I would like to see him get two of those guys. How about that? I don't know. I don't know what like the spending limit is in New York. I know Stevie's got a lot of money. How crazy can he get He The thing that I keep going back to with this, Chris, when I say, Hey, bring two of those guys, I know that's kind of being silly, but when yeah. you, but when you say like, we're going to win a world series here within five years, like you got to do silly things. You got to go out there and, and shock the world a little bit. So I would not put it past him to do that. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but to answer your question, I think DeGrom just makes the most sense. I think when they brought Scherzer over, they imagined Scherzer DeGrom. And I think it's going to be that way. I, um, I would rank it DeGrom 1, Verlander 1A, and then Rodon. I think Rodon is the one that would scare you the most just because of the injury history, right? He's last year's the first time history. ever. What do you mean? They all have injury history. 
okay, Justin Verlander said like he had one Tommy John, right? Once you have Tommy John, you're good to go. Rodon almost quit. Me almost quit in his late late twenties. He was so frustrated. And- Dude, um, remember when he got non-tendered by the? Yes, White that's Sox. when he almost quit. For like eight million dollars. Almost quit. And to his credit, he's bounced back. But the difference here is, even when he had the great twenty twenty one with Chicago, he still didn't throw a lot of innings. He had a little bit of a injury hiccup even then. Last year was the first time he threw more than one hundred seventy five innings. You know how many times Justin Verlander's done that in his a career? Lot, a lot, a lot. Fourteen. A lot. That's he's a di- fourteen. He's, yeah. Different category, 100%. Okay. Completely so, different category. Um, yeah, I would I would rank him to Grom. What do you think he would get? I, you think he'd get it like a four-year deal if he came back to New York? Four or five, right? Maybe. Four. I think I think four. I was just like three okay. to four. I don't know about this fifth year, uh, but you gotta, you, you're going to have to convince him to come back, I guess. So maybe. And then Verlander probably, he maxes out of the three for a huge AAV and Rodon, because he's, he's about ready to turn 30. He's probably going to command at least a five-year deal. That would scare me. I could see Verlander going the Carlos Correa route where it's like three-year deals opt out after every single year. I think, Mm -hmm. I think at his age and kind of whether he's deciding how long he wants to play, I think those type of deals make a lot of sense for him. You kind of have to put yourself in these guys' shoes. Rodon wants a big paycheck. Wants a lot of length, oh, totally. no doubt about it. JV wants those opt-outs, and Degrom is probably somewhere in the middle. He wants he wants some money, but he also, you know, wants the flexibility. And when you're at yeah. this level of free agency, you have leverage. You can demand those type of things. Yeah. And by the way, I want to make this very clear. I'm rooting for Carlos Rodon. I want him to get to strike it rich. I'm just saying that if I were the Mets, and if I had some choices out here, that's the direction I would go. Uh, winter meetings begin this weekend in San Diego. Which team would you most like to see make some noise down there? This one was pretty easy for me. It's the Chicago Cubs. I, I see them. I don't see them as, you know, the, the lovable losers. I, I see them as a franchise that's big, is in a big market, and that has kind of, you know, since 2016, you know, they get rid of that core. They should not go back to where they were. They need to be that team in Chicago. They need they need to be better than the White Sox, okay? So that starts with going out and making splashes. We heard them, um, you know, they're talking about getting one of the free agent shortstops. Great, do that, plus more. I want to see this team get back into the limelight because I believe baseball is better when the Cubs are good. I, 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 mm-hmm. I love Wrigley rocking. The, the fans show up no matter what. They deserve, and with all the stuff they've built around Wrigleyville and all the money that they're bringing in, they deserve to go get one of these shortstops and then go supplement the roster in other places too. They need to be competitive in that weak-ass division, Chris. Um, Yeah, I don't expect that to happen. I think that they're a team that likes to throw out a lot of names, and I think they'll just be so-so no matter what next year. I feel bad for the people on the north side about that. For me, I wrote down one team, and I went with San Francisco, and then I changed it. And I said, Seattle, okay. because they're so close. I, I think you could make the argument. In fact, I'll say it. They played the Houston Astros way better in the postseason than the New York Yankees did. Way better. Now, the results ended up being the same. They both got bounced quickly. Swept, right? But I thought that, I, yeah, I thought that the Mariners showed me something. They've got a rotation. They're already locked and loaded there, including two guys who aren't close to being arbitration eligible in Kirby and Gilbert. 
they have spent. They gave Castillo the extension. They obviously gave Robbie Ray, you know, nine figures a year ago. Um, and Gonzalez already has a long-term deal. They've signed J-Rod. His money doesn't start kicking in for a, at least, I think, next year. They only have $84 million in guarantees. They're only going to have one player making more than $12 million this year. Let's go get somebody. You want to go get Trey Turner? Go for it. Let's get somebody. You know, they had a ton of pop in that lineup. What they needed was more guys getting on base. And Trey Turner can do that for you. And um, let's go. You're close. You are really, really close. Let's add something. I love it. I love it. And I think the reason I'll, I'll say this, I think the reason that they probably put up more of a fight um, against the Astros is you, they saw him. They saw him all year long, played him a bunch of times. And that helps out. That helps out. Sure. Yeah. But they are also but they are close. talented. They're very, very talented. They are very close. I mean, I would, I would love all these teams to bring in one of these shortstops because I am a massive believer in having someone special up the middle. I think that helps teams out. I think it sets you know, uh, 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 it's a statement for your organization. So yeah, go ahead, Mariners, do it. You could have Cal Raleigh behind the dish. You could have Crawford at second, Trey Turner at short, J-Rod in center. That's not bad. What? I mean, put Trey Turner at second base, like JP do his thing at short. I mean, I... Fine, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last thing, we were uh, shuffling through social media yesterday, and I noticed Joe Musgrove on a boat on the way to Antarctica. And all I could think about was uh, that book about the Andrea Gale. You know, they turned it into a movie with Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney. Yeah. And uh, I was like, what in the hell? Is this anything that interests you? Would you ever want to go on a boat like that? 100%. I kind of feel like me and Joe Musgrove like have similar personalities. He's better at baseball than me. He's got more money than me. I'm probably better looking than him. But we both have a sense of adventure, Chris. He's going down there to... I think to set the world record for fastest pitch thrown on Antarctica. Did I just say that right? I don't even know. So that's what he's doing. I would love to do something like that. This reminds me of one of my favorite books, probably my favorite book of all time. It's called The River of Doubt. And it's about Theodore Roosevelt and his like exploration of the Amazon and going through the jungle. It's an incredible book if you want to read it. Uh, so I'm super into this. I, I, I love like the idea of like, uh, the frontier or like exploring. And I feel like we don't have that necessarily anymore, except where he's going. So I'm like a massive fan of this move. I just hope that he makes it back safely. Cause I like watching him pitch. The, uh, the book I was thinking about was the perfect storm. That's what yes. that was called. And I, I finished that book. I remember reading it. Uh, my old anchor buddy, Steve Berthume. Now the, um, now the Arizona diamondbacks play by play guy. He gave me the book and he was like, just read this. And I was done with it in a day. And it was excellent. And it scared the shit out of me. I hate the ocean. <laughs> I hate, I love swimming. I'm terrified of the ocean. I don't know why that is. Um, maybe because I grew up in the middle of the country, but whenever I get in the, I can only go up to my, like my knees in the ocean whenever I go out there because I'm too terrified of it. And I hate boats. We used to have a, our group of high school buddies. It was me, Novotny, Greta, Rice, uh, Wiss, we all, Mark Wiss used to work on a boat in the summers on Lake Erie and he had to take care of it. And we'd all go out there and have a blast and doing things we shouldn't have done in high school. I was always sitting mm. on the steps leading down underneath. My nails would dig into the side of the boat because I was terrified the entire time. They would sing songs and make fun of me and all that shit. I can't do it. 
Can't do it. Well, I'll say this. You're right to be scared of the ocean. The ocean is a terrifying place. I mean, you can swim in it above your kneecaps, people. But, you know, respect the ocean and fear it. I think that's a... That's the thing. I'm also going to send you this book. I'm going to bring it over to your house. You should read it. It's awesome. Okay, please. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, next week, you are not with us. Uh, you've got some sort of trip planned. We will be having a couple of editions of uh, baseball today. We're still ironing that out. So um, don't worry about it. We're going to be live at the at the winter meetings on Tuesday and Wednesday. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke and Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.